Thank you for joining us here at BLC. Our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. Good to see you guys this morning. How we doing? Yeah, all right. Well, I've got a new talk today called Nobodies. And I know you're probably thinking, what the heck? I'm not a nobody. I know you're not, but you used to be. And so we're going we're gonna to dig into this today. Here's, here's what sparked this thought process with the talk. You know, the more that uh, I watch closely what's going on over the landscape of our nation, how there is this small culture of, of people that are trying to move us in a different direction. And I got to thinking about that, and I'm like, you know what? That's not going to happen, first of all. You, you know that, right? Not going to happen. That being said, you and I, we have a role to play in this. We can, we can no longer just gather on a Sunday, say praise Jesus, and then let the world do the thing they do and continue to manipulate. Huh? Okay. I know some of you are like, man, I'm ready, and some of you are like, well, I don't know if I want this or not. Well, you're here, so just, just help a brother out, Okay. What I want you to understand today, and, and as the Apostle Paul kind of digs into this, because in 1 Corinthians, he's writing to this young church. Now, I want to encourage you, when you have some time, and I know you have some time, when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to the Word of God, not only should you have time, you should make time. Yeah? Yeah. But Paul is writing to this young church and, and there are things that he deals with in this letter. I mean, they are so pastoral and in your face. So today, hopefully, you can, uh, you can take a little bit of Paul in your face. Yeah? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, you see your calling, brethren. Not many of you wise according to the flesh. Now, that word flesh, that means this carnal human nature. Not many of you are mighty. Not many of you are, that are noble are called. See, I want you to understand God never intended for the gospel message to simply depend on the intellectual, the successful process of humanity. Because as you see with society today, we are exposed to more information than at any other time in history. So we should, in and of that, be intelligent people. Amen. Should being the operative word here. Because it, it, it blows my mind the, the amount of people that gather information but don't have any wisdom to apply it. Let's pray and dig into this. Father, we love you. We thank you for the privilege of being called to your kingdom, to serve you, King Jesus. And Lord, as we dig around this talk today, stir in our hearts a level of faith and boldness that we're not just hearers, but we're doers. In your precious name, Jesus. Amen. In that passage, the Apostle Paul goes on to say that God chose the foolish, the weak things of the world to nullify the things that are. You see, the reason that I begin to dig into this and reflect on it, and, you, and, and I'll show you in just a second where I got the title from, but I was one of those nobodies. 
that didn't want anything to do with God. I was all about me and nobody else but me until I met Jesus. And I know some of you can relate to that. Some of you, bless your hearts, you've been raised in church. Praise God for you. That's a wonderful testimony, but there are those of us that met Jesus later in life, and we are the perfect example that he will take a nobody and make him a somebody. Amen. Yeah. And make no mistake about it, God decided to call those who the secular, intellectual, deceived society has decided that their influence is really not reality. How many of you know someone that they look down on you because you're a Christian? They don't respect your view. They don't believe in the things that you think are a reality. They're critical and judgmental. And in and of that, you have to realize that they are the deceived one. They just don't know it. So we have to be people of love when we begin to move the needle forward. Okay? I want you to listen to Paul's words, and I want you to listen to this same passage. He says, you see your calling. You see it. You see it. I know some of you may not see it yet, but the minute you give your life to Jesus, it comes with a calling. What I've discovered over the years is we've allowed too much other stuff to influence us. So we have a hard time making a quality God-inspired decision. Yeah? Listen to this. Take a good look, friends, at who you were when you got called into this life. See, I know people are at all different places in their journey of faith. You know, when you watch young people, young people really don't understand the stuff about calling because they're all, young people are still trying to discover life, trying to figure out how to navigate things. Parents, you know, you got teenagers, our prayers are with you. Because, now listen, we love teenagers, but teenagers are trying to figure it out. And in some degree, you've got to give them some room to figure it out. But teenagers, that being said, as we love you and encourage you and support you and give you room to figure it out, you do not know it all. Amen. We love you. But we know what's going on contrary to the opinions you've developed through watching a social media TikTok page. Amen. Well, it was on TikTok. I learned it watching TikTok. I wouldn't tell anybody that. <laughs> Take a good look, friends. At who you were when you got called into this life, this life, this, not a religion, not a denomination, this life that you've been called into. Paul says this, I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you, not many influential, not many from high society. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks, exploits, and abuses. Isn't it obvious that God chose these nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies? In other words, what you will do when you see your calling, when you embrace the life that you've been born into and called to represent, at that point you must understand that you are the light. Stop trying to correct people all the time. Stop trying to drive your point home all the time. When you show up, the Holy Spirit shows up. The anointing of God shows up. The calling on your life shows up. Amen. 
And you have to trust in that. You don't have to make it happen, you all. And those around you, even though they won't give attention to, recognize, acknowledge your beliefs, your faith, your stand, when they go home at night, there's a seed that was put in their soul. Because there's a spiritual reality going on that we may not even comprehend or be aware of. God is at work. But he's at work through his people. We are his body on the planet. It's not just hearing something. Don't just come in here and listen to another message. I can't tell you the number of people that I, that I over the years as a pastor, that uh, they, they've, they've come through our doors and they went somewhere else. And, you know, well, you know, well, I'm just not getting, Andy sent me something this morning. I'm just not getting fed over there. Or, well, I just, you know, I'm like... Maybe you've just been fed so much because you watch this one and you listen to that one and you watch your TV, Christian Superstar, and all. you're so full of everything and you never give anything out that you're Michelin man, Christian. And you can't hear anything. But when that happens, guys, we still love people, right? Yeah. See, God is looking. He's not looking for just hearers. You know what he's looking for? Doers. Doers. I, uh, Tracy and I, we were out to lunch the other day, and Trevin was in, up in Lexington, and, and uh, we were just talking about this in the lobby. This guy, he works for the uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. He is a young minister, and he, he's on the front lines. He's going, into, he's going into high schools. I don't know if you understand that. You should keep him at the top of your prayer list. He is going, I mean, he is behind enemy lines. And the man is diligent, and he's doing such a work that we're partners with the ministry. So when you give here, we support Fellowship Christian Athletes. But you need to understand something. God is looking for people at all different walks. There's some of you that want to connect with him because you're going to fit that grooving. You you know, I'm not going into a high school because I'd get kicked out. (laughs) I can just tell you, or arrested. But he's got the training. He knows what to do to navigate the landscape, just like I'm called to do this. Do you see your calling? Because God is, he is in the process of taking nobodies and making them somebodies. So today, as we we kind of dig into this, one of the first things that we need to acknowledge is the reality that God, God knows you all. He knows that society is, is in desperate need of truth. Remember what Jesus said? It's truth that'll make you free. And here's the thing, guys. Even when society isn't open to the truth, isn't open to his world and his ways of things, you must understand that they are still, in all of their rebellion, and all of their anti-whatever it might be, they are still God-made. They've just been, in this same letter to the letter at the church of Corinth, Paul says that it is the God of this world that has deceived them. That's why they can't see their calling like you see your calling. See, there's some of you today that may not see your calling in its fullness yet. And when I use that term, see your calling, I'm not necessarily talking about coming inside these four walls and doing something. See, what God is going to do in these last days is he's going to use people in the break room, in the boardroom, in the emergency room. Are you ready for this? In the bathroom. Huh? 
Sometimes the bathroom is one of the places you can go pray when everybody's crazy at work. See, God is going to use people every day, wherever you're at in your circle, should you see your calling and be willing to follow his lead. You see, God simply needs some nobodies that will say yes to him. That's what he's looking for. That they'll trust him to step out when he's leading them to do something, to become a doer of the word. Like one of my mentors says repeatedly in a lot of his books, he says, God will turn zeros into heroes. See, that's what he's looking for, for willing candidates, willing vessels that will say, okay, God. But see, you have to at least, to some degree, you have to a, a little bit be in tune to the leading of the Lord if you're going to go Sow the seed of the word of God into somebody's life in the Tuesday afternoon in the break room. Hmm? You're going to have to learn how to be led of the Lord when you're in traffic and somebody just told you you're number one and you're getting ready to put it in park. Oh, not you all. See, God is looking for a group of people today. That will simply say, I see my calling, Lord. Here I am. There's this wonderful illustration, and I've used this over the years a couple of times, but I think you'll appreciate this. It goes like this. There was an important job to be done, and everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Somebody got angry because it was everybody's job, everybody thought anybody could do it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. It ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could do. That's the world we live in today. It is always somebody else's fault. It's the Democrats' fault. It's the Republicans' fault. It's the church's fault. It's the school board's fault. It's always somebody else's fault except the one in the daggone mirror, man. Yeah. You see your calling? Listen to Paul's words again. You see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. God's not looking for your, your, your resume. He's not. Matter of fact, as over the years, one of the things I've learned, and I've told John and Andy, we've talked about this, when, some, when, I, when I meet somebody and the first thing they're giving me is their resume of what all they've done for the church, I have red flags that go up. I'm like, I, I didn't ask you any of that. Jesus said you'll know a tree by its fruit, not by its resume. Anyway, God is looking for these people. Jesus in Matthew chapter 9, he makes this profound statement. He says, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. He said this, so ask the Lord for some workers. Hmm? This week, you ask the Lord. Now, here's the thing. It, it's kind of two-sided here. I know Jesus was telling his disciples to pray for the Lord to send laborers, send workers into the harvest. Sometimes, it's easy for us to use that as our out instead of us saying, here I am, Lord, I'm your worker. Yeah, you could pray for workers, sure, but sometimes, sometimes it's, it's, pray is done. Roll up your sleeves. You ready for this? 
I think we're living in a culture today that work is a cuss word. Work? I just want somebody to give me something. Yeah, the give me bus is about to run out of gas. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. <laughs> we about to run out. <laughs> yeah, okay. Some of you laughing. Some of you like, I don't know if I'm in, in agreement with you today. That's okay. <laughs> Let me ask you this. All right. How many of you think Jesus still needs workers today? Amen. Huh? Yeah. It, you, there's no way you can ignore that. Can, can I show you something? I did some numbers. I'm not a numbers guy, but sometimes it helps me see a little bit better. And so I, put, I, I, I was thinking about when Jesus called the first disciples and where we're at today. And so I began to kind of look at this example. In, in 1800, in the year 1800, the world population was 1 billion. 1 billion people. 100 years later, 1900, 1.6 billion. Check this out. Tim, from 1900 to 2000, we jumped from 1.6 to 6 billion people on the planet. Today, the current population is just under 8 billion people on the planet. You think God needs a few workers? Here's the thing. The current growth rate on the planet right now, 80 million a year on average. 80 million a year. That's a lot of babies, man. Wow. Yeah. Here's the staggering thing. Of those, of those numbers, just about 2.5 billion over the planet, just under 3 billion people confess to be Christian. Out of 8 billion, just under 3 are saying, that, now you have to understand something. I know a lot of people that on paper they'll say I'm a Christian. Yeah. As I'm looking at this, here's the thing that comes to, to mind. These numbers, they actually, Andy, they actually line up with the parable of the sower. You think about it. Out of all those that heard God's word, only a quarter of them produced fruit. You remember the story out of the parable of the sower? You see, here's the thing, guys. In our quest for faith, not not having Jesus to talk to us, you got to realize that he, he sent his word for us. The kingdom of heaven is this way. The parable of the sower is this reality that God has put in front of us. And he sent his word. The living word sent the written word to instruct us, to encourage us, to inspire us, to challenge us, to correct us. See, the parable of the sower, everything about the kingdom works this way. You remember the parable of the sower, right? If you don't, some of you, let me remind you, there are four types of ground and the sower sows the word. The word is the seed. The seed is the word of God. The sower sows. The first type of ground is a wayside ground. The Bible says on the wayside ground, when they heard the word, the enemy came right away and stole it. He took it from them. Well, how does an enemy take the word from you in your thought life? Oh, yeah, that's not real. That Jesus stuff, that's not true. You don't need all that. Oh, no, there's no such thing as heaven. All that church nonsense, you don't need any of that. And right away, wayside ground. So there's one-fourth of the population that never even entertains the reality of it. Next group is stony ground. Stony ground is this group of people when the, when the pressures of life, when the persecution and the challenges rise. In the Bible, so when you read that story, it says that they rise up 
for the, on account of the word that was sown in your heart. Because they have no root, they're deceived and they fall away. All right, so now we got half the population, nothing working. The third group is the thorny ground. I believe that the, the bulk of the society that you and I know today are trapped in thorny ground. Because it says that the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and other things come in. And it's called thorny ground. If you've ever watched weeds and thorns, they'll grow up. If you don't, if you don't do something with them, they'll grow up and kill your crop. And that's what's going on with many of us, the cares of the world, everything going on around us, you know, comparing ourselves with other people. Well, they got to knew this. I got to have men knew that. You got to? I'm going to drive. I, I, my, I was talking to somebody the other day. They were asking me about my truck. I said, I'm, I, I said my truck is paid for it. I'm going to drive it till I can't. I'll, I mean, I'm going to run that thing until it won't run. I'm not buying. I mean, uh-uh. Yeah. Now, would I like to have a new? I, everybody likes new. Yeah. But sometimes we let that stuff get in the way. So you see three types of ground that have choked out the word that God sent. And then the last group was the good ground. Here's the interesting thing about the good ground. When you go look at the story of the good ground, some 30, some 60, some 100. Even in the good ground, everybody didn't produce fruit at the same level. What I want you to understand today, everything about the kingdom works this way. Guys, God deliberately chose men and women that this culture would overlook. He chose a bunch of nobodies to make a difference in your circle of influence. Unfortunately, what's going on today is, now as I bring this up, you understand that God loves you, right? We love you. But these are things that we deal with. As a pastor, these are things that I hear of and I see in people's lives. And, I, and, and even in my own life, I am tempted to get sucked into some of those things. Because the, 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 the trap of the media I know some of you are like, oh, but it's just entertainment. No. Bless, if that's you, you are in the stony ground, wayside ground. You are so deceived. If you think it's just, it has never just been entertainment. See, when people, when sports figures, when we give them a platform of this great stature and prestige because they can play a sport, and we give them millions of dollars, and you listen to them. When some nut job in Hollywood wants to support, guys, when, when people are okay, when people are okay with babies being killed and they get mad when you call them the wrong pronoun, it is time to turn that garbage off. Because it is, it, it is it, when, when someone tells me, well, I saw it on the news, I know right away that you don't have truth. Amen. You don't have truth. Why are you getting so aggressive? Because the enemy has been very subtle. You've heard me tell this story before. When you put a frog in a skillet or in a pot of water and it's cold, that frog's swimming around just loving life. And you turn the heat up on it. And he's swimming around, swimming around, he's getting warm, swimming around, swimming around. No longer swimming. You got that? 
That's what the enemy with the media has done to us. Watch this. Watch this. Guys, how many of y'all remember back, some of y'all that's been, been around a little bit, you remember when uh, married couples didn't even sleep in the same bed on TV shows? Huh? Yeah. Now, I, I mean, that's a little stretching it, you know. They wouldn't let married couples sleep in the same bed on TV show, but you could smoke a cigarette on TV. <laughs> Boom. Right? Yeah, I know. The media... The enemy knows he has used that to manipulate the church. See, contrary to popular religious belief, guys, if it was just all up to God and God was just going to do it, then why would Jesus tell us to pray for workers? We have to get some of that stuff out of the way so we can hear clearly. When you've got so many other things coming in, young people, listen to me. I know you don't want to read your Bible all the time. I get it. It's not fun. You would rather play a video game because it's easier. Well, sure it is. But to be someone great, you're going to have to do something great. Amen. You're going to have to set aside some of those things. I'm not asking you to be this goody two-shoes religious person all the time. Well, we, none of us are that, you know. What God is looking for is people that will roll their sleeves up and say, you know what, I'm going to dig into this a little bit. And I'm going to find out. Remember what Paul said? You see your calling, brother. I, I guess the question some of you need to come to the conclusion of today is, do you see yours? Do you realize you have one? And once again, when I'm talking about calling, I'm not talking about just something you do inside these four walls. I'm talking about you recognizing that you are an extension of Christ on your job in your neighborhood at the mall. Yeah? See, not only are we supposed to pray for workers, we got to be ready to develop them when they, when, when they come across our path and when God sends us, sends us their way. We've got to be ready. We've got to embrace who we are. We've got to be students of the word. We've got to be, are you ready for this? A disciple. But we're supposed to go make more. So you cannot continually be conformed to the things of this world and think you're going to be successful doing the things of God. You can't, man. You know, I work on my golf game. I, played, I, I got a couple of guys I play golf with from time to time. Uh, and we, what is it? We play once a week, don't we, Derek? And for some reason, gravy, I'm not even better, man. <laughs> you know, I, I still hit two or three into the weeds and in the lake. And, I mean, I'll hit a couple good shots and then I'll, plow a patch of dirt and the ball's still there why is that you can't play one two hour nine whole session a week and think you're going to be any good you think you're going to be any good as a disciple if you never give any time to it if all you watch is tiktok and kill them shoot them up movies and whatever it is that they're doing now you won't now we're not questioning your salvation. You understand that. If you believe in Jesus, you go into heaven. I'm talking about what Paul said. Do you see your calling? Do you see it? Because your calling could be waiting on you in the morning as soon as you walk into your job. And if you're sensitive to that, if you've given God at least five minutes of your time, say, Lord, I'm ready. I see my calling. Use me today. And that doesn't mean you've got to go give somebody a sermon. Man, just go be light to them. 
Pray for them. Yeah. We have been called for this stuff, you all. It's not all this deep theological stuff. When people tell me that, Pastor, I need you to go deep a little bit. Teach something really. No. Why? You're not doing the basics now. Why you need something deep? You know, <laughs> Lord, help me with this. Goodness. You know what God told uh, the church through the Apostle Paul in his letter to Timothy? He said, in these last days, there's going to be a group of people that they're going to want to hear what they want to hear. And they're going to find preachers that will tell them what they want to hear. And they'll, they'll, they will listen to me and they will yield to the doctrines of demons. Now he's right, he's talking about in the church. How is that going to happen? When we continually stay on cruise control in the break room and just watching TV and TikTok and Facebooking it. and Something has to change, you all. Yeah, we were nobodies. Paul, in his letter to the Galatians, he says, yeah, you were not just nobody, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. And Christ made you alive, a new person. Not a religious person, not a church member, a new person. And we have been given an assignment by our king. You know, when I talk to Christians, a lot of them, they don't even understand that reality that you serve a king. Because we're so, we've been so manipulated by the culture of America. We don't understand the concept of a king because the kingdom of heaven and Jesus and all that stuff, that, that's just this far away someday land that when, when I die and go to. No, the kingdom of heaven is on the planet right now. Jesus actually said the kingdom of heaven is within you. In Matthew 28, he says this in what theologians call the Great Commission. In verse 18, he said, all authority, this is Jesus speaking, has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Watch this. Teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. The end of the age is soon approaching for us, you all. I love the contemporary English version. In verse 20, it says this. Jesus said, you teach them everything I told you. So here's lesson, you know, or point number, whatever we're on. What did Jesus teach the first ones? What did he teach them? Where are you going to find that? you got to go to the book of Matthew, and you've got to follow Jesus. You think about this. From this first group of followers, this kingdom of heaven principle, this go make disciples has been working from that day until now. Go make disciples. Go make disciples. Are you discipling anybody today? Now, I know parents, I, I, you say, well, I, I am my children. No, 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 no. You don't, that's not an option with your children. Well, I, let me rephrase that. <laughs> Anymore, it has become optional. We've, let the, we, we've allowed the educational system to raise our ch- Anyway. Some of y'all are like, you're coming hard today. I know, but I love y'all, right? Yeah. Go make disciples. Train them. Jesus said, you teach them to do what I told you. Train them. Train them to do what? Exactly. Let me ask you this. Guys, when Jesus was on the planet, 
And he said, you go teach them everything I taught you. What was, what was, what was he doing? What was Jesus doing on the planet when he told them this? When he said, pray that the Lord would send more workers. More workers to do what? If you go back to Matthew chapter 9, the Bible says that Jesus went everywhere teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Are you ready for this? Healing every sickness and disease among the people. What happened to that? Huh? He told them, you teach them everything I told you. See, I take responsibility for part of this as a preacher, as a pastor. We don't teach everything that Jesus taught the first group. Matter of fact, some of us are scared to even talk about some of the stuff that Jesus taught the first group because we know that you won't like it or disagree with it. And we want to make sure we keep the chair full. I'm talking about preachers now. I'm not talking about you. You just say wow. There you go. But that's what we've done over the years. I better not say nothing about that because they may not agree. How many of you think Jesus is expecting us to carry out what he started? Now, now, now take a second and think. Of, don't just give me the church answer. How many of you really, you really think Jesus is expecting us today to carry out what he started with the first group? You got to understand, you all, Jesus hasn't changed. He left us his spirit. He left us his word. Not to mention the fact that in our born-again nature, you ready for this? We actually become his body on the earth. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, do you not know that your body is members of Christ? Chapter 12, he says, now you are the body of Christ and members individually, you and me. We are the body of Christ on the planet. So if we're, if we're his body on the planet, shouldn't we, at least to the best of our ability, be modeling his example? What do you think? See, I think Jesus is looking for some people that are just willing to step out and try things that he showed them in the book, that he showed the first 12. You think about this for a second. We're talking about God taking a bunch of nobodies and making them be somebodies, doing some of these supernatural spiritual things. Crazy, right? See, I know some of you think, yeah, but I don't really study the Bible. Okay, you ready for this? They didn't have a Bible. They didn't have a Bible. Jesus said, see, I like to go there. So Jesus said, hey, y'all watch this. Get up. Wait, 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 wait. Let me go to another one. <laughs> the religious world is like, what? You want me to spit? You better be Holy Spirit. <laughs> Don't spit on somebody, okay? That's all what I'm saying. My point is this, some of the radical things that Jesus did, then he tells his disciples, you go teach everybody you meet, you train them to do everything I told you to do. Everything, Jesus? That's why Paul says, guys, in, in the same letter, the message of the cross is foolishness to the ungodly. He said, this is why we preach, now listen very carefully, this is why we preach Christ 
crucified. See, this is why you don't need some deep theological discourse on some Hebrew-Greek word, Christ crucified. In Romans, Paul makes it very clear that the power of God actually lies within the gospel. Doesn't make sense, does it? That when you, Ronnie, when you go tell somebody about Jesus, that's all, you, that's all we have to do. Amen. Then walk away, sow the seed. It's really that simple. We just tell people what Jesus has done in our life. I really don't know enough scripture. Yeah, but you know what Jesus has done in your life, don't you? Then start there. Tell people. The problem is we such secret Christians. I don't want to offend anybody. Really? Everybody else wants to offend you. They don't care about you. Now, I'm not, now, listen, let's check our motives, okay? I'm not talking, it's a hard thing here. You're just not trying to go out and be offensive to people and use the gospel as your bat. No. But you need to be willing, at least willing. Do you see your calling? You need to at least have enough trust in God that if you step out, he's going to back you up. Huh? You don't, and here's something else, guys, when it comes to you sharing the gospel, telling your story, being light, you don't have to force it. I know I've talked to people over the years. As a matter of fact, I was, uh, we had somebody stop by here the other day, and they were just so aggressive with their agenda about the, about the gospel. And I'm like, man. Now, I didn't talk to them. They got Jersey Girl, and she shut them down. She's from up north, you know. She can get that head going. But sometimes, trying to be aggressive, all that does is run people off. Guys, you don't have to force this stuff. Just, just be spirit-led. See, now here's the thing. Obviously, we grow in our relationship with Jesus, yeah? His word becomes a bigger part of our life, and it allows us the opportunity to be more effective as a disciple. But that means that you've got to stay at the feet of Jesus. You have to be the clay on the potter's wheel. You've got to allow him to make corrections in, in things in your life. That's what Paul was telling the young minister, Timothy, about the word of God. The word of God, it is power. The word of God was given to us by God, inspiration by him for correction, for instruction, for reproof, for discipline, for instruction in righteousness, how you are supposed to live so that you can grow and develop as a person of God. King Solomon actually made this statement. He said, the end of a thing will be better than the beginning. Like I said a few weeks ago, I'm vintage old. Yeah. His, his dad, King David, said this, the path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter. You should be looking better, getting better, getting stronger, Amen. having a little more of a foundation of the word inside you. You shouldn't have to look to a reference all the time. Out of your belly will flow rivers of, it should just come out of you. But it's not just going to come out of you to watch another HBO special. It's going to come out of you when you're in the middle of it. When you're out on the front line, when you're up there with Trevin and you got a bunch of cussing, crazy, deceived teenagers looking at you like, man, I, I just got out of here so I could skip class. I just came to your meeting because I didn't want to go to algebra. <laughs> it's at that point that you got to know who you are. Do you see your calling? Yeah. I'm asking you today, 
to rise to the occasion to not only be the disciple, but the discipler. See, if God's words forever set them, if we are supposed to pray that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, if God never changes, if his word is truth, then wouldn't it be fair to say that the commission that he gave the first disciples is the same commission that he's given us today? Yeah? See, when you go back and you follow Jesus and you see how he dealt with his first crew, in Matthew 10, he made this statement. He said, you, you go and you preach and you say this, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. You heal the sick. He didn't say pray to God to heal the sick. He told them, go, go read it. Preach the kingdom of heaven, heal the sick, cleanse the leper. What? Raise the dead. What about this one? Cast out demons? Now, see, those are scriptures, Sherry, that we, need to, we just won't file them away because they, 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 they take us to a place where it, it's uncharted territory for most of us. And then he makes this statement. Now, freely you've received, freely give. Now, this is one of the big ones that I hear from people all the time. Yeah, but, Pastor, that was one of the 12. I know you, you've been with, if you've been with me any length of time, you know better than non, that nonsense. There is no one of the 12 scriptures. N not, there's not one. Matter of fact, if it, that was the case, one of them really messed it. I mean, there really it wasn't 12 for very long, then it was 11. Yeah. There's no special group, there's disciples. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Freely give what? Guys, you can't give nothing you ain't got. Come, come, come on, you, you, you can't give nothing that you don't have. That means... In order to be a discipler, you've got to be discipled. You've got, to, you've got to take the time here. Paul says, you see your calling? You see how God chose a bunch of nobodies? That's why Jesus said, you go and you teach them to do everything. Say everything. everything. You teach them to do everything I told you. So here's my question. I, I, I'm going to get you out of here, but I want you to go home with this thought today. How much consideration do you give to what Jesus is asking of you today? How often do you think about that kind of stuff? Because, see, I think for far too long what we have done is we, we try to compartmentalize our life. Well, this is my Monday through Saturday life. This is my Sunday life. This is my parental life. This is my fun life. No. Remember what I read in, in message? You see, you've been called into this new life. There's just one life. Now, all those things are incorporated into that life, but at the front of it, should be God, not religion, not Victory Life Church, God. 
And when that's the case and you're making yourself available to him, see, I think it's at that point that you become, you know, available to step out and say, okay, I'm with you, Lord. I see my calling. See, if you were one of the first, if you were one of the first disciples, let's just plane this down for a second. And you went everywhere with Jesus. You watched the things he did. You saw the, you saw the radical stuff that he did. And now you're at the mall one day, and you're in the food court eating some Christian chicken, and you have an opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus. And Will, you've been walking with him for the last year and a half, and you've been seeing all this. What you going to tell them? What you going to tell them? You going to give them three points and a conclusion? I'm probably going right to Jesus spitting on somebody. I'm like, man, let me tell you about this one. This was, and you, you got their attention. Wait, he spit on somebody? Well, they're listening now. And then you go to the water walking. And then you go to Lazarus's tomb. Because my man's been dead for four days. See, most, <laughs> Roger, most people don't believe this stuff, man. It's some fairy tale Jesus stuff way back in the back. They don't believe this stuff. Oh, now we want to go to heaven, yeah. Jesus turned to Mary. He said, didn't I tell you that if you would believe me, if you would do what? Didn't I tell you if you'd go to church regular on Sundays, you'd see the glory? You've got to believe this stuff, you all. You have to believe it. He has called us today to represent him, to be his ambassador. Remember Paul's words? You see your calling? Not many wise, not many mighty, not many noble, just regular, everyday people. See, God is desperately today looking to take a bunch of nobodies and make somebodies for the kingdom of heaven out of them. Amen. It simply takes us being a yielded vessel, saying, okay, God, here I am. I'm going to give you some of my time so that I can allow transformation to take place because your personality your nature, your style, all, everything about you, there's a group of people that's going to be drawn to you. And here's what's going to happen, Jaden, when they start listening to you. See, Jaden, a, she's a boss now at her job. Don't ever forget who you are for God, baby. I know you won't. And I'm not, don't ever try to be preachy. Remember, you don't have to force it. But man, when it's on, hit the switch. Let it roll. And then... Leave it alone and let the Holy Spirit go to work. You ain't got to be John the Baptist on the backside of the desert spitting fire. Just drop, them, drop a word on him and let it go. But you got to be willing. Guys, this is, the, this is where we're at today. This is what our nation, this is what the world needs. Out of 8 billion people, only one-fourth of them are, are, are confessing to know Jesus. But when every one of us Start sowing the seeds of the kingdom. When every one of us start making disciples, we're going to create such a shake on the planet. Okay, maybe not. Just, maybe that's just wishful thinking. I'm out crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. So today, when you leave here, I want you to leave here with this right in the front of your thinking. I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Can y'all take a little homework today? 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 
It's real simple. Just, just go set up camp there for a minute. Go to Matthew and follow Jesus, man. Watch him. Then you start. I don't know if I'm ready. You ready? God wouldn't have you listening if you weren't ready. You ready? You ready? And boy, if I don't do it right, you're not. You're not going to do it all right. You're not going to say it all. You're not. But just take a step, okay? Take a step. Be the one. You see your calling. Yeah? Now, here's the deal. You may be in the room today, and you're like, phew. Man, I showed up in here. I just came because my buddy asked me to come. I don't know anything about Jesus. Well, now you know something about Jesus. And now you have an opportunity to meet Jesus. So if you're in the room, maybe you're listening or you're watching, uh, you know, here's the thing. God is knocking on the door of your heart right now. We never finish out a service without giving people a chance to take that step of faith and give their life to Jesus. I know we may not be your style of church, but you're here now. The opportunity is right in front of you. Those of you listening and watching, right now, take a bold step of faith. Give Jesus a chance in your life. We made it so simple. All you have to do is follow us along with a very simple little prayer. And at that moment that you make that confession, Christ moves in and you become this new person in Jesus. But you got to start. Church family, let's pray with them together. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you're here and you said the prayer, stop by our information desk. We've got a small gift for you. We just want to bless you and encourage you in your new journey of faith. Those of you listening or watching, you got to tell somebody, man. Greatest thing in your life just happened today. You get to live forever with Jesus and me in heaven. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I can handle that. That's okay. You don't know me yet. That's all. Anyway, we love you all. Don't forget your homework. First Corinthians chapter what? Okay. Have a great week. God bless y'all. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.